neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to establishedinthefaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 11. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles tonight, turn to Revelation, the 13th chapter. Revelation, chapter 13. If you found that, say amen. All right. Move down, if you will, to verse 11. If you found that, say amen. If you're awake tonight, say amen. If you love the Lord, say amen. If you're saved, say amen. Glory to God. If you want the Lord to move through you and work through you, say amen. Glory to God. Revelation 13, verse 11. John said, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. The first beast mentioned in the first ten verses of this chapter is the Antichrist, who is now empowered by all the forces of hell, Satan having been cast out of heaven, uh, is cast out permanently, he is in this world, uh, he has access to heaven no more, and he knows he has but a short time, he's going to back up the Antichrist like no other human being in history. And uh, that's why the Bible calls him a beast. But this beast here that is mentioned, John said, I beheld another beast. This beast here is the false prophet. And the false prophet completes what is known as the satanic trinity. Just as we believe in the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, Satan comes along and copies God because he wants to be God. Satan wants to set himself up as God the Father. He backs up and anoints the Antichrist who attempts to replace the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have the false prophet who is emulating the works of the Holy Spirit. That is the satanic trinity. The false prophet is going to have a lamb-like appearance. He's not going to physically look like a lamb, but his intentions... His motives, uh, it will look like to men that he's got good intentions. 
but his intentions will be everything but such because the Bible says he spake as a dragon. You've got one here with a lamb-like appearance coupled with speaking as a dragon. Friend, you've got a deadly customer. You've got someone here that is going to deceive millions of people. Look at verse 12. He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. Just as the Antichrist is backed up by all the powers of hell, the false prophet will be empowered and anointed by Satan as well. Uh, He causes the earth and them that dwell in the earth to worship and uh, to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Just as the Holy Spirit magnifies and promotes worship of the Lord Jesus Christ within our hearts and lives, the false prophet is going to do all that he can to magnify and to promote worship of the Antichrist. And how is he going to do this? He's going to do it by performing miracles. Look at verse 13. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. If you will, hold your place right there and flip over to the 8th chapter of the book of Acts. Acts Chapter 8. People assume that any time a miracle, a sign, or a wonder occurs, um, that it's of God. And those that are instrumental or involved in performing uh, such things, they hold these people in high regard and they just accept what they say as being of God. Uh, In the 8th chapter of the book of Acts, if you will move down to verse 9, we have the story of a man called Simon. He was a sorcerer. Acts 8, verse 9, There was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery. And bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God, and to him they had regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Now, I don't know exactly what all Simon the sorcerer was doing, but the people held him in high regard. Whatever it was he was doing was genuine. It wasn't a sleight of hand or a trick or something of that nature. They were true miracles, and it uh, it was real. And they held him in high regard, and no one disputed what he said. John warns us about this sort of thing. If you will, go to 1 John. 1 John, chapter 4. There are many false prophets, 
false preachers. They've been in the world since, I guess you could say, the dawn of time. All throughout the Bible, there were those who was giving false information and whatever the case. John warned us and gave us some things to look at in order to judge who is a true prophet of God and who is a false prophet of God. This is very important because there's a lot of stuff today that comes over radio and television that uh, purports to be of God, but really, when you get right down to it, it's not. 1 John 4, let's begin with verse 1. John said, Beloved, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to notice the contrast that is made here between false prophets and the Holy Spirit. Notice that. How can you tell... What is of God and what is not? John said, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Friend, I don't care what is done. I don't care if they stand there on a person and you see a leg grow back. Or an arm grow back. Or eyeballs appear where there were no eyeballs. I don't care what the miracle is. If whoever performing that miracle does not give credit to the Lord Jesus Christ and lift up Jesus Christ in some way, friend, it is not of God. Do you hear me? Listen to what is being said, not so much as to what is being done. A lot of people are going to churches today, not because of what is being said, but because of all the things that their church is involved in. They're doing good works, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. And people get all caught up in doing good things. Their focus is more on doing and performing wonders and works than it is on what is being said. If the works and the wonders and signs, whatever you want to call it, if it don't line up with this book and it don't lift up Jesus Christ, Friend, it's simply not of God. Now, if it's not of God, then what is it? The latter part of verse 3, 1 John 4 and verse 3 says, It is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Whatever is done, if it's not done in the name of Jesus Christ and done to lift him up and point you to the finished work of Christ in some way, 
like I said, it's not of God. That's how you know. You got to ask yourself the question, why was this particular miracle or work performed? Was it done to exalt the individual that was doing it? Or was it done to lift up Christ? We all need to realize that God is not the only one that can perform miracles. Turn to the book of Exodus, if you will. The seventh chapter. Exodus chapter 7. Exodus 7, move down, if you will, to verse 10. If you found it, say amen. All right. Exodus 7, verse 10. And Moses and Aaron went unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their Rod. Satan can perform miracles too, but the miracles of God are always greater. Amen. Glory to God. Satan can perform miracles, but he always does it in order to deceive. And he will empower the false prophet to such an extent that in Revelation 13, verse 13, the latter part of that verse says that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now, what would you think if you were at a particular event And somebody steps up to the microphone and calls fire down out of heaven and boom, bam, there it is. What would you think? No doubt when this happens, there's going to be television cameras present. News reporters from all over the world are going to be there. They're going to be focused in on the false prophet. And he does these things in the presence of the Antichrist, so no doubt it'll be reported all over the world. And and when he does this, it's going to be broadcast all over the world. The whole world is going to be in awe of this. Never before has anyone ever called fire down out of heaven, and there it is, other than one. And that was Elijah. Now... I remember one time when Jesus went into a particular city and he preached the gospel to them. And uh, the people there didn't accept what Jesus said. And the disciples told Jesus, oh, just call fire down out of heaven and burn them all up. (laughs) 
And Jesus said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. And Jesus could have done it, uh, but he didn't, he didn't do that. But this false prophet will do it, and he'll do it in the sight of men. And like I said, no doubt television cameras will be there, uh, news reporters broadcasting this all over the world. Uh, verse 14 says that, uh, Revelation 13, verse 14, says that he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast. Everything the false prophet does will be done to promote and uplift the Antichrist. That is his purpose. Just as the Holy Spirit has come into this world and has come into our hearts and lives to promote and uplift the Lord Jesus Christ, the false prophet will step on the scene at the midpoint of the tribulation period and he will do everything that he can, perform miracles and all kinds of signs and lying wonders to promote and uplift the Antichrist. Now, how will he do it? In verse 14, latter part, it says that he will tell them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by sword and did live. Now this is where some think that the Antichrist will be assassinated uh, in some manner and then the, the uh, false prophet will miraculously come along and raise him from the dead. Does that sound familiar to you? Jesus Christ died on Calvary, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised from the dead. Satan copies everything that God does. Satan wants to be God the Father. He's going to set the Antichrist up as God the Son, and you have the false prophet promoting worship of the Antichrist, the unholy trinity, the satanic trinity, if you will. Uh, verse 15, Revelation 13, verse 15, He had the power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. In years past, many have wondered about all of this, and they wonder how can all of this take place? How can an image, a wooden or stone statue, speak? Well, in this modern day of electronics and technology, just about everything can talk to you now. I mean, you, you can't even buy a toy today without mashing a button on it and it saying something. Or a fire truck, you mash a button and the siren's going and the firefighters talking and all that kind of stuff. So it's very easy today for something like that to occur. But I want you to think about this. The Antichrist is going to have a very outgoing personality. 
He's going to be promoted as a good person. His good works will be reported around the world constantly. He's going to be a very likable individual with a very outgoing personality. He's going to have a way with words that make people laugh. And he makes people feel good about themselves. He's going to be looked at as the one who's going to bring peace to the world. He's the one that's going to solve our problems. And no doubt he will solve some of the world's problems. When he first comes on the scene, he's going to solve some of the issues going on over there in the Middle East with Israel and Iraq and the Muslims. He's going to bring peace to the world. He's going to be looked at as the hero of the day. No doubt many toy manufacturers will make action figures of the Antichrist. When you push a button, he speaks and says the cliche of that day, or one of his little funny sayings. He's going to be... The man. Almost everybody's going to love him. Almost everybody's going to want a t-shirt with one of his sayings on it or his image or something. Almost everybody's going to have to have a bumper sticker on their car with one of his little funny sayings on it. Almost everybody's going to want to buy that new album with the latest beat on it and listen to that song he's written or whatever the case do you see how he makes inroads into every aspect of life and living at that time almost everybody is going to want something as it pertains to the antichrist and why not He's the greatest thing that's ever happened to this world, or so they will think. But you're going to have some that won't side with him. Now, what is their problem? What is it about the Antichrist that you don't like? Why won't you side with him? Are you trying to hide something? Perhaps you're up to no good because you won't side with him. Perhaps you're one of them. You're on the side of those that tried to assassinate him and kill him. You're a terrorist, an enemy of society because you will not join in and partake of the things that are going on at that time. The best way to deal with a terrorist or those that are opposed to a particular agenda is to kill them. And how do you identify those that are terrorists? You introduce the mark. And the false prophet will introduce the mark. 
Look at verse 16. Revelation 13, verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let he that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred threescore and six. Six, six, six. Now what exactly is going to happen? No one really knows for sure because it's still in the future. But today, it very easily could be what is known as a biochip. It's about the size of a singular piece of rice. It can be injected under your skin. Think about what I'm telling you. It can be injected under your skin. Such devices are even being used today uh, to track animals and that sort of thing. GPS. But they can also be used for other things as well. How many of you have ever lost your wallet? Your pocketbook. How many of you have ever had something like that stolen from you? All of your information has just fell into the hands of someone that's got ill intentions. They can take your debit card and go to the bank and draw out just about everything you got. Putting you in a financial mess. If you've ever had that happen, believe me, it's a headache. To call up all these companies and try to get your credit cards canceled and get your ID back and all this kind of stuff. But all of that can be resolved with a biochip implanted in your skin. All of your banking information, your identification, all of that can be on one little piece about the size of a grain of rice injected under your skin, perhaps in the right hand or the forehead. And when you go get your groceries, you've spent hours filling that cart up with groceries. You get up there to the checkout and you've left your debit card at the house. How many of you have ever had that happen before? Well, all of that can be solved Because that biochip is in your hand and you just swipe your hand across the computer and automatically your groceries are paid for. Think about it. We have the technology now that no man might buy or sell except for he that has the mark. Think about that. There's a whole lot more that I can say about the mark of the beast 
and what is coming. And I'm just going to stop right there and we're going to deal with this subject a little bit more next week. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.